Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello, welcome to another episode of Not Just Talk. It's me, Jillian Ahonen, and we are going to do something completely different today. We're going to do something that I've never done before, and I'm going to tell you the story of how I got to this place. But first, I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. We are going, well, not we, me, (laughs) I, I'm going to read to you a chapter from my book, Life is Muddy. This is the unhealed heart mud pit, and it was something that I felt like the Lord wanted me to read today. And so that's what we're going to do. And you know what? If you've already read my book, if If you remember the very last chapter and the very beginning of the book, I mentioned that this, the way I wrote Life is Muddy was not meant to read one time and be like, okay, I read the book, check it off my list. That was good. Spoke to me. Move on. I actually wrote this book with the mindset that in different seasons, we experience different things and we might need to pick up the book again for a refresher. Um, we might be going through something different and it hits a different area of our life. God might be highlighting certain things the first time around. And then the second time around, he may take you deeper. This book is honestly written in a way that I believe God wants to peel off more and more layers of the mud. Um, and so before I read the chapter, I'm going to give you a little backstory, a little understanding of like just kind of a snapshot of the book and what it's about so that you are up to speed if you've never read it. Um, but before I dive into that, I want to tell you what happened. So I had a completely different message planned out for today. And um, it was about a week ago where I felt like the Lord was like, nope, that's the wrong direction. So basically, I've set up a Q&A section of my ministry called Ask Jillian, where I reply via video to your questions. And the, the video that I had recorded, I was going to take the sound and, you know, make that a part of my podcast because I thought, you know, a lot of people need to hear this. Um, but I just felt like the Lord said, no, keep it separate. The podcast is not just talk. We're going to go over different topics and things like that. And the Q&A is very specific. It's questions that you have that you have specifically written in for me to answer. And if that is something where you're like, wow, I would love to be able to ask a question and get a reply from you, um, everything is going to be in the description of this podcast. You can go to jillianahona.com. You can download my free mobile app. And if you download my app, make sure you click yes to receiving the, the notifications. And if you go on my website, make sure you subscribe to the be in the know. That way you get notified of everything I have going on. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. I That was the direction I was going in and I had it all planned out. And no joke, yesterday I was out on my run and I felt like God said, no, or I'm sorry, the week, the week before he said no. And I'm going, oh, okay, well, I don't even know what we're going to go over. And when I was out on my run, I was like, okay, Lord, where are we going? And I felt like he said, 
read from your book. And um, I have two books, Ripple Effect and Life is Muddy. And instantly Life is Muddy was highlighted, didn't know which chapter. And then I came downstairs into my office and I was like, okay, Lord, what chapter are we going to, what, what do I do? You know, what, where, what do you, what do you want me to do here? And I just opened my book, kind of just found the chapter that I felt like was kind of highlighting and, um, <laughs> and I said, okay, so do I just talk about the chapter? You know, cause I just, it, it, this is just, this is me. So go ahead, call me crazy. It's fine. But yeah, I literally am that specific. I'm like, all right, so what, like, am I just going to talk about the chapter? And, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, read it. So I'm sitting there curled up on my office couch reading it. And then I'm not kidding you. The Holy Spirit is like, no, read the chapter on your podcast. <laughs> So here we are. Hopefully you enjoy stories because I enjoy telling them. I know I said that before, but anyway, um, let me give you a little recap so that you know if you've never read my book and you know how it's written. So it's called Life is Muddy, uh, Living with the Power of an Ever-Present God and Redefining Life's Mud. The truth is life here on earth is not easy. We all face hardships. We get blindsided by life. We face things that are unexpected, things that take our breath away. Uh, we deal with just all kinds of things here on earth. And the thing is, is God wants us to be victorious no matter what. And when we partner with him and we make him the center of the mud, which is the very first thing that you'll read in my book, the center of the mud, we come out a warrior. And so I have broken this book down into three sections. The section one is laying the foundation. And we talk about relationship with God, our identity, our view of ourselves, God, and others and people around us. We have to get those things intact. That's why it's called laying the foundation. Because the truth is, if we don't have the proper foundation set up and established as believers, as ones who have a relationship with Jesus and coming into that reality that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, and we formed our identity around what God says, and we've got intimacy with God, if those things are not established properly, we're going to have a really hard time going through the mud pits of life. And really quick to let you, you just kind of like this is written in the book, but we, when we go through something overwhelming and it surfaces things in our heart, maybe unbelief or doubt or insecurities, it's nothing to be condemned, ashamed, or feel bad about. It's just an opportunity for us to realize that we've got to go deeper with God. And so that's the whole heart of the book. The second section is called the mud pits of life. And I've taken what the Holy Spirit highlighted to me, plus as a life coach and a mentor and somebody who's just really been a part of so many different communities and come alongside so many different people. There are these mud pits that we all experience. And so um, that's the middle section is the mud pits of life, which is what one of the chapters is what I'm going to read out of today. And then the final section is slaying through the mud. And that's just getting a new perspective and learning how to rise and learning how to praise our way through it so that we can come out a warrior for the kingdom of heaven, because that is God's desire for each of us. And it's his design for each of us. And so I broke, what I did is I have this verbiage that you need to understand as I'm reading today, because you're going to hear some things that you've never heard before. So what I did was I broke it down into three different types of people. And it's, you know, it's, if you want to, you have 
the victim, you have somebody who operates in pride, and then you have somebody who's an overcomer who just really is able to get through the obstacles in lives and they really have their identity intact and they know who their God is. And they don't, they, they may trip, they may fall, they may hurt and things like that, but they get back up, they get back up, they get back up. And so the, these are the words or these are the titles that I gave them, the mud moocher, the cemented mutter and the mud slayer. And so that's kind of a quick little summary. I'm not going to go and read in, in the very beginning of the book, I break it down and I really paint a very good picture of what a mud moocher is and how they respond to hardships in life, how a cemented mutter responds to hardships in life. And the truth is each of us can have a mix going on and it's really important to evaluate our responses and understand what's going on in our heart so that we can invite Jesus into that and come out a slayer, come out victorious, stand firm on the promises and what God says so that we can make it through the mud pits of life without that residual mud caked on us. So now that you have a little bit of a snapshot of how this book was written, which truth be told, I wrote this book in the mud. So I was, I was in it uh, with many of you as I wrote it and it was raw and it was vulnerable and transparent. And then there were some where I was just recapping and, and memories were popping up as I was writing this book and the Holy Spirit was reminding me of the very specific experiences I had and what I did and how I partnered with God and how me, how he pulled me out of it. All right, let's go. Let's dive into this. The Unhealed Heart Mud Pit. One of the key components to walking in victory in this complex, messy life is the willingness to recognize where we've experienced pain and loss that needs to be grieved. How often do we fail to recognize that with every hurt we face, large or small, there's a grieving process to walk out? We so often skip this critical part of becoming emotionally healthy individuals. Remember, which is what I've mentioned before in the book, so obviously you don't remember, but that's okay. (laughs) Remember, taking the time to connect with our hearts makes us stronger emotionally and spiritually. In order to receive that vital part of healing, we need to recognize when we're hurting. It's part of becoming free. If we're not truly free when life turbulences occur, our unhealed wounds cause us to leak the truth of our heart, spewing out residue of our unhealed pain in a negative form to those around us. Remember, life's mud pits are now our barometer. When we fall into a pit and it squeezes something ugly out of us, we have to be willing to pause and ask ourselves some questions. Why does the situation carry so much power causing me to respond this way? Where is the peace that transcends all understanding that God's word says I should have? Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Asking ourselves questions helps us connect to our own thoughts and behaviors so we can understand why we're having such a strong reaction. When emotions surface, we can make healthy decisions about how to properly put each emotion in its place as well as allowing our hearts and our minds to possibly walk through a necessary grieving process. Oftentimes, we come to this reality after a breakdown. Our breakdown reveals to us where we have unhealed hurt in our hearts and that it's time to heal and grieve. Now, I'm not talking about wallowing and throwing ourselves a pity party. We all know no one really wants to go to those anyway, am I right? Although I could throw a pretty darn amazing pity party back in the day, I'm not going to lie. But really, I'm not talking about that kind of honesty. When life is met with pain that needs to be grieved, we will come to a point where we'll have to make a decision to rise up and keep going. We are now living as citizens of heaven, moving out of mud moocher and into mud slayer. So keep in mind when I'm talking about feeling and being real with where we're at emotionally, 
I'm talking about a level of honesty that most of us try to escape. Grieving is the vital key that will unlock the walls and barriers in our heart, launching us into freedom. So why do we so often skip this part? Because sorrow is heavy, and it can leave us in a state of hopelessness if we don't walk the process out with Jesus. Because deep sorrow is unpredictable and messy. For many, the heaviness of it all can feel overwhelmingly scary, so we succumb to ignoring it. We ignore it because we genuinely do not know what else to do with those scary feelings, so we pretend we're fine. I think we've gotten so good at pretending and covering up our heart hurt that we even fool ourselves. This is especially true if there's layers of pain and hurt that we've cemented in our lives for many years. We often try to hide from our sadness for many reasons, most of which come from an underlying fear. Fear of being judged or rejected, fear of being out of control or not behaving Christian-like, fear of never getting up if we let ourselves crash, or even fear of being viewed as a crazy, insane person who needs to be locked up. Okay, that's, that's, sorry, that's me. (laughs) That's just how I feel about me some days. Many have been trained by life not to feel because emotions were not embraced in their childhood environment. And when that's the case, they're genuinely unaware of the pain that's in their hearts. Here's the saddest part of this truth. When physical senses have been cut off through abusive situations and individuals have been forced into survival, blocking the ability to feel, they can really struggle to feel the presence of God and his tangible realness. It's through our feeling senses that we get to experience the presence of God. And when any of our senses have been shut down, we can struggle to fully connect with him. God wants to restore all that the enemy has stolen from us, including our ability to fully connect and feel him. And he does this through healing our hurts. If you're one who genuinely doesn't know if you have inner hurt that has been ungrieved, I found a little test that you can do to help you connect. If your responses or thoughts toward people or circumstances do not squeeze the fruit of the Holy Spirit out of you, but the opposite, or you have to shove down what would be a negative natural response, chances are there's a need for some inner healing. Oftentimes, old hurt can become the barrier that blocks the freedom of the Holy Spirit in our lives, preventing us from producing his fruit in the most genuine form. I'm going to pause right here for a minute. The truth that I want us all to be honest with is the Holy Spirit produces the fruit in us. And there's definitely times where we need to learn how to crucify the flesh and things like that. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about layers of hurt that has not been touched by Jesus that is actually preventing us and preventing the Holy Spirit from moving freely and naturally producing his fruit. So I just wanted to clarify that. Let's keep going. Can we look at this from a literal perspective for a minute? When we see blood from a wound, it's our body's way of telling us that something needs our attention and it's not to be ignored, correct? So how much more do we need to give attention to our heart when it begins to bleed? And if you think feeling makes you weak or shows a lack of faith, then let me just paint a truer picture for you. It requires incredible strength, faith, and trust to walk out a grieving process because those feelings that come bubbling up can make us feel completely out of control. Feeling is not for the weak. Feeling is faith building because it requires a certain level of trust and faith in God to believe that we will come out of some potentially messy emotions, stronger and whole. When I was walking through my divorce, the initial shock put me into somewhat of a numb state of mind, but I was also in a close my eyes and just jump off the cliff kind of a place. That's what pushed me forward on a lot of overwhelming paperwork to reestablish my life. In the middle of my whole world falling apart, all my downtime was spent at my sister's house. 
I would go over there almost daily to help around her house and with her little ones. She was pregnant with their fourth baby and her husband worked long hours and she was really sick with that one. This pregnancy hit her hard and she really struggled through that first trimester. So Jojo, that's me, would help around the house with laundry and meals, giving my sister some much needed couch time. That was my normal, strong, independent, and able to handle life with strength. And quite honestly, it was also an escape from the truth and the pain that was going on in my heart. I was too busy helping my sister rather than focusing on tending to my own heart. I do believe that God's grace was over me and he allowed me to take on that much in that season. He knew I needed to be there as much as my sister needed me and so do my kids. It's what helped us all get through that hard transition and it gave my kids amazing memories of life at their cousin's house with auntie and me rather than difficult memories about mom and dad's divorce. It's true. To this day, when they reminisce about that season, it's filled with good memories of family time. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes busyness can help us survive a season, but eventually we'll have to face the core of ourselves. Staying in the busy can actually set us up to remain in denial, which will in turn build barriers around the truth, and we become stuck in cemented mutter mentality. So while sometimes busy is good, we don't want to remain busy so that we stay in denial of our heart, ignoring the hurt and pain. Too busy for too long leads to denial of the true pain in our hearts, and it remains an unhealed wound that will chase us down until it's dealt with. In other words, the wound doesn't go away. Instead, it becomes the filter through which we see ourselves and life around us. Just hold on to that concept and we'll connect it all. As for me, the fast pace of busy came to a crashing halt and I was met with the rude awakening that deep inside I was not okay. I felt like I was going to completely and totally fall apart. And truth be told, I did. And I chose to face it. I made the decision to allow myself to feel because I refused to take old hurt into new life. And this concept has become a vital tool in my life toolbox that I visit often. Why? Because I believe God is calling his bride, his church, you and me to be emotionally healthy people so we can be spiritually solid, fully connected to him and in turn release the fullness of his kingdom to those around us. He knows we can't truly become all we were made to be if we're carrying around a wounded heart. There are too many potential dangers with that, and we see it come out in many different forms. Isolation, depression, control, pride, overly busy, anxiety, disconnected, inability to experience true joy, making decisions out of fear. These are just a few ways that heart hurts can leak out and take on a new form. We cannot live in the freedom and peace and joy if we're carrying these things around. About a year after I filed for divorce, shortly after it became final, life and momentum had to slow down, and I was hit head-on by my emotions in the rawest form. My emotions showed the truth of my heart, and I realized just how much pain I was truly in. The loneliness, the fear of facing life with just me and my four little ones, their emotions, my emotions, the wounds and the behaviors were surfacing in each of my children because of their hurt, financial pressures. I went from being home and available 24-7 to working nights and going back to school. (laughs) Thank God for online classes. But I was less available to my kids. The heartache of sleeping alone and the pressure of being both mommy and daddy just plain sucked, and it sucked the life out of me. While I never regretted my decision to leave my violent marriage, I still had to walk through an incredibly painful grieving process. One that was not grieving the loss of what we had, because what we had was toxic and unsafe, but rather grieving the loss of hope I had in my heart for the entire length of our marriage. I'd hoped my husband would utilize the help that was made available to him and receive God's healing from his rage and drug addiction so we could have a healthy family. 
We had pastors, counselors, and mentors in place who knew our battles and were cheering us on for healing. That hope never became my reality. Pain had developed in my heart because I lived in the belief that things would change and we would have a powerful testimony one day. I had to face the whole truth that instead I was living a destructive cycle with someone who lied and manipulated his way through life and didn't really want to do the work that true change would require. Many empty promises led me to believe we would make it, but the direction he steered our family and ultimately led us to total destruction. The facade he tried to create left him with such an internal battle that it leaked into every area of his life and into ours. He used any and every kind of drug and endangered my children while driving. I was unaware at the time. He recklessly broke things in our home. If I ever questioned his lifestyle, he'd pin me against the wall by my neck and one night even crush my ribs as he pinned me to the stairs of our Nevada home. This is the nutshell version of what we lived and it was time to go. I thought this ending would automatically be met with the freedom of a new life, but it wasn't automatic. I came to realize that before I reached freedom, I would need to grieve the loss, hurt, and trauma of it all. For everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. That's Ecclesiastes 1 through 8. We are not truly free if we have to remain busy in order to numb the underlying hurts in our heart. The busyness of life had to slow down and it was time to enter into a new season of grief before I could truly dance again. It was time to rip off the band-aid that was sustaining me and let the breath of God heal my broken heart. My emotions surfaced. My plate of responsibilities was so heavy and tense I had to drop some things. And I become the ugliest broken mess I had ever seen. I even shocked me. It's crazy what we can become when we're hurting. Mostly when we allow ourselves to feel the hurt. Big difference. Most nights I cried myself to sleep and there were plenty of times I was just straight up doing the ugly girl cry. You know, the one where you're crying so hard you can't help but make that ugly face, tears are streaming and you just end up laying in your own puddle of drool, snot and tears. I know you girls are giving me a fist bump now because my sisters get me while you guys are seeing a picture in your mind you really didn't want to have. Sorry for the glamorous visual guys, but come on. I know you got the ugly guy whale in you too. It just looks a little bit more like getting in your car, driving to some empty parking lot and yelling at the top of your lungs. I did that too until my throat hurt so bad I couldn't anymore. And I felt so much lighter after. True story. Now that I've given you an honest visual of where I was at, you can see how I've learned the true meaning of feel. I didn't know what to do with my pain and I felt no end in sight. Sure, I could have gone out on dates and I was asked out plenty. I mean, who wouldn't want a woman with four kids and a tongue and a baggage, right? (laughs) Just kidding. But the Holy Spirit kept whispering to my heart and I knew that if I didn't allow myself to be in this place, I'd end up bringing old pain into my next season of life and it would eventually leak out. And I refused to be a broken, incomplete person hoping someone else would be my band-aid. I was willing to walk this out regardless of what it might look like in the process. Not everyone had the privilege of seeing this messy, ugly truth, but the people closest to me did. The more I talked about where I was truly at, or at least tried to, the more I found people pushing me away or just avoiding me. 
Most didn't understand what was going on with me, why I was behaving so polar opposite of my normal self. On the flip side, if, I've, if I was introduced to people in my season of grief, I became labeled through it unfairly. They didn't know the strong, solid walk I had with God and assumed I needed spiritual sharpening rather than compassion for where I was at. From the outside perspective, it appeared that I had completely lost it, which in reality, I did. I lost the person I knew since we were 16 working at a local smoothie bar, the boy who moved across the street from my childhood home. The one I spent hours upon hours talking with while stargazing on the driveway. The one who held me in his arms when I found out I was pregnant at 18. I lost someone who for many years was my best friend. Remember, I picked him. I loved him. I married him. What he became because of his brokenness is what broke us. And I had to grieve it all. At the point of my honest look into my broken heart, our divorce was already final and we had been apart for close to a year. You would think the healing process was already in full swing or maybe done, but in reality... That's when it began. That's when the real, raw emotions fully surfaced. The busy is what propelled me forward in many ways, but the truth of my broken heart and the realities of my new life could not keep up with that kind of momentum. Something had to give. I couldn't keep that pace because that pace was not established on wholeness and health. It was established on an urgency to protect myself and my children. Once we hit a different stage in our family life, it was time to look at my heart head on. And when I did, it was as ugly and as messy as it could get. I got judged through it. I lost close relationships through it. And at times I retaliated emotionally. And I'm sorry for that. Looking back, it's actually quite embarrassing. I was a broken, bleeding, oozing mess of a woman so much that I didn't even recognize myself anymore. But, you'll learn with me, there's usually a big, fat but, wink, wink. (laughs) I would not go back and do it differently, even if someone paid me to do so. Do you know why? I wouldn't go back and redo any of it because it was during that painfully, messy, ridiculously ugly time that I learned so much. It was the vital process that set me up and moved me towards Mudslayer. I found some very safe people to walk this out with along with my other mother who continued and continues to love me and champion me toward my healing and new life. I found a place to dump all of my raw emotions and was blessed to have someone strong enough who could read between the lines and still encourage me in my strengths while helping me feel normal for hurting. That person who saw me at my messiest and loved me through it just so happens to be a member of my board and accountability for Jillian Ahona Ministries and has become one of my closest, most cherished friends. Talk about a major turnaround. Side note, I strongly recommend that you seek out a safe person who can walk alongside you as you face these strong emotions. It's overwhelming enough to have these emotions surface, but having someone with tools and wisdom to help you navigate them who's not emotionally involved is what will aid in setting you up to move out of the pain, allowing the Lord to heal your hurt and move forward into your freedom. I recommend someone strong in their faith and spirit-led because their tools are always backed and partnered with the power of the Holy Spirit, which is where true healing comes from. Without God, they're just tools and words to white-knuckle our way into healing, but in truth, it's still limited because only God can heal the depth of our pain. Also, choose someone who knows the value of facing the pain and not avoiding it. I got complete freedom and wholeness as I relented to the process of grieving. The mind-blowing miraculous took place in my heart and I walked away in freedom without all the diagnoses and stereotypes that would typically be attached to survivors of this kind of trauma. 
I didn't come out with a hatred towards men, a fear of being alone, or a fear of marriage. I had all the symptoms of what what would be defined as PTSD and clinical depression, but I chose not to wear my feelings as my identity. Instead, I used my feelings to go deeper with Jesus, and he touched each and every one of the broken places in my heart. It was a process that took a lot of time. Honestly, it took longer than I wanted. And even after I thought the flashes of past scenes and dips of depression were done and gone, something would trigger that deep pain and I needed to invite Jesus to go deeper. And he did. Each time he did, the memories that would trigger a strong emotion out of me became less and less. My memories are no longer attached to incredible pain, but attached to the grace, love, and healing touch of my Jesus. My hurt and my mind are at peace. I didn't pray my feelings away. I couldn't. I couldn't talk my way out of feeling what I was feeling. My feelings were real. I didn't live in denial of any of my emotions. I was honest with my hurt. I felt extreme depression and anger. Hint, Jesus and chocolate moose tracks ice cream are great therapy tools. So were my daily runs where I blasted worship music and experienced a chemical release of endorphins boosting my mood. It's all about finding the balance and the many ways we can incorporate Jesus into all facets of life. Putting my emotions in their proper place with Jesus and then making a conscious choice to get back up, believing he would meet me there, is what launched me into my freedom. Not that a diagnosis of depression, PTSD, or anything in between is bad because they aren't. They can help us identify which angle to receive help. I'm just saying that allowing myself to be real with my pain and walking through it instead of avoiding it or going around it is what launched me forward. I believe God wants to take each of us on a personal healing journey. The key to our healing is allowing God to be our lead. If you aren't the one grieving, but you know someone who appears to be, be careful not to put them in a box and tell them they should be over it because no one other than God can determine the hour. Like I mentioned before, emotions are unpredictable. To most, it was assumed that I should be way past the hurt and the anger of my divorce, but that wasn't my story. It took a few years of allowing myself to feel until the wounds of my heart were completely healed, and then some. You'll know when the wound has been completely healed, when what used to trigger a strong emotion no longer carries power. The sting is gone. I learned so much through that particular season of grief. I learned who my true friends were during this messy process. I learned so much about myself, my needs, and where I needed to grow as an individual. I learned about my true weaknesses, and as I prayed through my human limitations, giving them to God, He met me with His strength. I can testify that God really is our strength, and it's only when we're vulnerable with our limitations that God can show up. If we're not honest with ourselves, we don't know where to begin or where to go with God. At the end of myself is where God began to do an incredible work inside of me. Allowing room for my weakness and inviting God into those areas gave him room to move mightily in me and through me. These messy, overwhelming moments when the sting of pain pierces our hearts become a huge opportunity to get to know God in deeper and incredible ways as he launches us forward into wholeness and freedom. The miraculous takes place. Have you ever noticed that miracles rarely ever happen in the high points of our lives? Miracles most often happen in the mud. You'll notice that to be true if you spend any time at all reading the testimonies all throughout scripture of God showing up miraculously, including the entire ministry of when Jesus walked this earth. I mean, (laughs) Jesus even used the mud to display his healing touch. Interesting thought, isn't it? After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. 
So the man went and washed and came home seeing. That's John 9, 6 through 7. And how did the miracles occur? How were people getting free and healed? It was through their willingness to stop their regular life and run to Jesus with their brokenness and limitations. They were not passive about their need for healing. They recognized their low and their need, and they ran to him. So often we think our healing is up to us to obtain, and we find that we're limited. Somehow we think God doesn't fully heal anymore. We feel as if we're not worthy of his healing touch, believing it's for a select few, and we struggle through life with unhealed hurts. It's not God who's limited. We create those limitations when we don't pause and bring our hurt to him. Not only does this affect our own ability to move freely through life, but it affects the body of Christ and the ways we are made to function in wholeness when we come together. We should be a people group that has cultivated an environment of compassion, a place for rest and healing of the brokenhearted, a place to find encouragement and love in a time of need. When we do not allow ourselves to feel the range of emotions that we're designed with, we become hard inwardly and forced to outwardly protect a persona of joyfully righteous wearing our plastic smiles. Not only are we living in our own internal prison with unhealed wounds in our hearts, we then feel the need to project the have-it-all-together image to lead others to believe that feelings are wrong because the false image being projected must be a sign of godliness. Sadly, the facade becomes a triple effect within the body of Christ, and the place we gather that's supposed to be a place of healing, a place we should be able to come and share in our burdens and safely be messy, becomes a place of pretending. That place of pretending can very easily become the place of criticism and judgment towards someone in their vulnerable moment where the truth of their heart begins to leak, and rather than getting the love and support they should have, they get pushed aside. How can we truly show empathy and concern for the emotions of others if we've not given ourselves room to feel our own? The answer is we can't, and oftentimes we'll find ourselves critical, annoyed, or defensive when someone else is expressing feelings. The Bible is clear and teaches us that empathy is important. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. That's Romans 12, 15. If we can't share in those feelings with others, we're in a danger zone of not only our own emotional well-being, but also stunting our spiritual growth, blocking ourselves from extending the love of Jesus. We have to pay attention to the many ways our unhealed hurt is affecting ourselves and those around us. We have to pay attention to those leaks in life and reveal the truth of our hearts. Life has a way of reminding us of our past. When these occurrences take place and bring to the surface some muddy emotions, it may not necessarily be a new pit, but an undealt with past one that came in through hurt and trauma of earlier years. Like I mentioned before, old hurt will chase us down until we face it. Sometimes in order to freely move forward, we have to be willing to take a step back. If we don't stop and take the time to truly heal, we wear those pits from our past, blocking us from moving in a forward motion. They fill our scope with mud, clouding our perspective to the point that we really are unable to see life in its truest form. These leaks can show us where we have unhealed hurt, whether it happened 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago. Life is a way of stirring the pot and it's important to pause and connect. The hurt in our lives affects our hearts. When our hearts are affected and left unhealed, those wounds infect our lives and we remain stuck living out of our past. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guarding is key. Allowing the time to heal is a healthy form of self-protection. When we allow the Lord to come in and heal our hurt with his miraculous touch, our hearts are actually guarded in his care, but still able to freely live and love ourselves as well as freely love others. When our heart hurt is covered up with self-protective layers, it hardens and barriers form. We then respond out of those barriers, unable to see or sift through the reality of a new situation. This directly impacts how we view life, people, and circumstances 
In turn, it becomes the driving force behind our decisions and actions, becoming a negative trickle effect. Where our heart is, everything else follows. If our heart is harboring pain, we can't help but see things through a negative lens and our responses and actions will take us in that direction. When my current husband and I first got married, it didn't take long into bliss to find out he had severe hurt at the core of his heart. Life circumstances reared their ugly heads because truth be told, two imperfect people coming together in holy matrimony, mix four kids in with daddy issues, and lo and behold, a bun in the oven that was a surprise package from our wedding night. Well, that kind of coming together can create some life pokes to cause anyone to leak, right? And he sure leaked. What leaked out of him revealed the truth of his heart. And after much prayer and listening to God on my end, he gave me promises to declare over my husband. Some crazy life events forced my husband to look at himself, which caused him to stop and respond to a true inner healing process. Now I've witnessed these things in my personal life and in my own self, as well as helped others navigate through their own pain. But to be used and then witness my husband's chains fall off after being in bondage to hurt for over 40 years of his life was a humbling honor. He's still walking through some layers, but ultimately he's becoming a brand new man. Not a perfect one. I'm not perfect either. As long as we're here on this side of heaven, we'll have some character building, refining, and growing to do. But those deep wounds he was living out of that he literally believed and said, this is just who I am, they are surfacing and he is getting healed. Layer by layer, he's learning who he is to his heavenly father and stepping into his true identity. The way he was so easily offended and the reactive way he was living is becoming replaced with peace, love, and joy more and more. He's learning to lead our family from that understanding. I am both emotionally involved and an eyewitness of God's miraculous healing touch. I'm in tears as I write this because no one can fully understand how incredible this healing process is with the Lord until you've walked through it or witnessed it in someone else's life. He was a born-again Christian for 18 years before we got married, but he was not living free and he did not comprehend the truth that he was a new creation. He was still wearing the garments of his past. Unhealed pain was still left in his heart and he saw life through a broken lens. He is becoming more and more free as he allows the mud pits of life to become his barometer in his healing process, inviting God into all of it. These heartbreaking mud pits we experience in life are not from God. They are just part of this broken world we live in, as well as snares from the enemy. Still, God uses them to bring forth the buried layers of our hurt and truly turns our ashes into something beautiful. This is the true freedom Jesus came to bring us. So many don't realize this freedom is available today. Too many are walking through life feeling as if they need to fake it until they make it and aren't living out the fullness of Jesus. In turn, the things that we read in the Bible comes across as things we need to obtain for ourselves and we're left dry, empty, and burdened by life, wondering why God feels so distant. The fruit of the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to have as believers becomes something we manufacture and all of a sudden this Christian walk becomes more like a checklist rather than beautiful amazing life of the miraculous partnered with a very real God who is the same yesterday, today, and for all eternity. Too often we feel these leaks with everything but God and we're not fully healed or fully living. Not understanding how to get the freedom that Jesus promises us, we become religious. We get hung up on memorizing scripture to appear godly, but when something strikes us down, we either fall back to the old behavior, busy ourselves, or cling to our codependent relationships for the sake of fellowship to keep us feeling somewhat sane and not alone. But all that becomes our God, an idol, and we miss out on that deep inner healing straight from the divine healer and the one true God. What if we allowed ourselves to be a bit messy? What if we got true healing ourselves so we could turn around and become a compassionate, safe place, pointing others to our healer so they may be healed also? 
What if we weren't afraid of those emotions because we freely allowed ourselves to feel and we could get into the trenches of life with one another, sharing in each other's burdens and championing each other towards freedom? We can't help others reach their place of freedom until we ourselves have been healed and set free. When we take the time to check in with our hearts and invite God into our pain, old hurt cannot rob us of the newness of each day. When we experience loss, grief is the necessary ending that enables us to move forward through the mud pits of life with his strength, and from there we make the decision to rise in victory. Pray with me. Father, I know that life can be hard, and I've experienced so much loss it's overwhelming. I'm not sure if I've ever fully grieved the losses I've experienced, and I'm not sure I know how. Today, I'm surrendering my losses and my pain to you, my divine healer. I'm asking you to show me what's hindered me from living in the fullness and freedom of joy and peace that I know is mine through Jesus. I have heart hurt, and while I do believe you are who you say you are, I'm finding that there are areas where I'm struggling to fully believe that you have total healing and restoration for me. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Highlight to me the areas that have not been met by you so that I can invite you into that place of pain and grieve what was as I learn to rise and fully step into my new. I'm asking you, Father, for the release of your spirit to come into every crack, every crevice, and every cell of my memory that has kept me in bondage to old hurt, trauma, and past pain as I release all my hurt to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.